Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hi, everybody. It's me, your old pal, Justin Robert Young. And Brian Brushwood. I mean, technically, maybe, but I don't know. Would I pass a Turing test? Do you have any Do you have any evidence to back up those claims, sir? Maybe I'm a simulation. Uh, Brian? I, I'm so sorry that you've had a problem with our service. Would you like me to help, question mark? <laughs> I was watching uh, a Demolition Man because uh, I like that movie a lot, and it's on HBO. And since I have HBO to watch Westworld, I decided to go watch it. And it and it's 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 a wonderful you know mid nineties view of what the future is going to be like. Well, and uh, what, what and what's funny is that movie came out right around the time that I started to realize how wildly. Uh, off the timing was for most predictions of the future. So I walked out, I'm like, none of that will happen in a mere 20 years. And yet here I am uh, looking at a world that has like 50% of the stuff it predicted is actually happening now. And, and the thing that I thought was, I mean, what is sort of funny was like, they have like, you know, uh, Rob Schneider is like, you know, this, the receptionist at the police station is like, hi, you know, if, if you'd like to speak to a, you know, machine, press one now. The idea that, you know, people would rather talk to the machine than talk to a person yeah. kind of thing, press buttons. But the idea that they're super, super this movie was like 1993, that they're super politically correct, super, super politically yeah. correct was, it was one of the things I thought was just sort of kind of spot on, you know, um, and, yeah, uh, that movie age age really really well, right? Yeah, like, oh, it's think, so like, much better now that that it's twenty years ago than when it went. Like when it came out, I actively hated that movie with all my being. I thought it was insulting and dumb, and his <laughs> predictions were, were stupid. And it turns out I'm wrong, and it got most of it right. Well, we'll still see, Brian. I still think we have another ten or fifteen years before it's totally demolition man time. But we'll see if Taco Bell wins the franchise wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the three seashells. Oh, I was like, I still love that joke. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. No, that's that. That. I mean, that. That's kind of the, that. That is the go-to demolition man joke, right? Like the the, yeah. the three seashells. And in defense yeah. of De- demolition man, it is actually a a tragedy that we're still using tree bark. I mean, granted, it's been pulped and purified and streamlined or whatever. We're using tree bark to wipe our butts. That's dumb. Well, we've, 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 you know, we're hearing the weird things, the bathroom edition. We, we, we come back to this, Brian. I want to, I want to know what, what technology do you have? Do you see on the horizon there? I, I mean, first of all, I am like you, a savage, but I am looking forward to a future in which we all become enlightened and get those bidet things that, uh, that, that spray water to clean you just like you wash your hands. Yeah, but right. you still need a paper towel or a, yeah, a towel still, to dry off. Hands, like, right? I, sure, I, sure, that's I fine. I don't know what anybody else's other habits are, and I do not know. And, and this reminds me of Howard Stern in his book Private Parts complained about the fact his mom never taught him how to properly <laughs> wipe. Yeah, to <laughs> learn yeah, by tri- trial and, trial and error, stuff. right? Yeah. No, uh, uh, like, I, like th- there's apparently like like bidet covers, like like seat covers that that uh, that you can replace your current seat with that that yeah. spray. Yeah, it's my understanding that it's not. A, it never. It doesn't get it all though. You still need, you know, 
some physical contact there. Sure. Uh, yes. I mean, every can always, there, there, there Japan, was the, the real big movement a couple of years ago for the for the 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 the, the pre moistened wipes. That that that's kind of the the low tech. Uh, meet you in the middle solution. Yeah, but that that's apparently caused a disaster in in Britain. Like uh, like entire aqueducts are blocked off now because these uh, grates that normally you know the the toilet paper uh, goes straight through, but uh, flushable wet wipes are collecting and blocking stuff up. Yeah, it's, I think that's happening in New, in New York. And also the another converse problem is like in San Francisco, they had this big initiative to like reduce the amount of water they use in the toilet systems and the sewage system was sort of dependent upon a certain amount of water going through there. And so they're having, and it's, and it's, you look at the amount of water they're able to save. It's like, you know, five tanker truck fulls of water a day for a city that big. It's not that big of a deal, but the problem they're having now is they may have to rebuild the entire sewer system to handle the lack of water. Hey, come on. This are uh, uh, Andrew, me, me and me and yours adopted state. They're focused on the big things, which is why you need to read up, on the not one but two ballot initiatives about plastic bags coming up in nine days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> statewide, uh, statewide ballot initiatives. That's it. I know. In California. The, the 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 four biggest ballot initiatives are whether or not they're going to price fix drug uh, purchases to the VFW, which the VFW is is uh, 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 loudly against. Two ballot initiatives on plastic bags. Two ballot initiatives on weed and whether or not porn stars will be mandated to use condoms and if people can sue them if they don't. Those are the those are the big get out to the polls, kids in California. We got the big issues on the table this year. So I, I guess what you're saying is officially Demolition Man got it a hundred percent right. Welcome yes. to the future, people. Yes. Totally. <laughs> Waiting for Simon Phoenix to save us all from this misery. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, let's turn our attention to the stars. Which uh, uh, is this about Brangelina and their no, split? It's uh, Jimmy Stewart, Catherine Hepburn. The stars I'm come out on weird things. Attention to a new study reports the findings of a specific modulation. In about 234, 2.5 million stars that observed during a survey, they found that a tiny fraction of them seemed to be behaving strangely. And according to the scientists who put out this paper, there is uh, E.F. Bora and E. Trottier in their paper that there seems to be no apparent explanation for what's going on. They can't explain why these things are fluctuating within the conventional model of astronomy. So fluctuating in what way? The, the, so, like, when they go look at the, the measuring the response of the star, like, you know, we look to see how the stars fluctuate, and that can tell us what planets are going around there. These are fluctuating in strange ways. It doesn't imply that there's planets going around them, that it's something else could be controlling the brightness. So this, this actually makes sense. Like, let's say, let's say humanity became an extrasolar species right uh, so as so we've moved and we've we've uh seeded two or three other stars um we know that our sun is not going to last forever but around the time that we uh, I, I don't know get bored with with soul instead we uh, we set up a bunch of platforms that um basically have uh retracting and expanding mylar sheets uh fueled by the sun so it's like it powers robots that open and close it and so you essentially do like some galactic version of morse code to where uh you you the brightness of the star you know pulses you know i, I don't know uh let's say let's say one um 
let's let's say each number or number of times of all the prime numbers up to a thousand or whatever. So that basically it becomes this giant beacon that any other intelligent civilization could find and know like you don't get anything out of it outside of the fact of intelligent life exists here that understands math. Yeah, I my my guess my thing is like obviously we have the problem we're we're trying to you know we're trying to conceive of what a really advanced civilization would do from a 21st early 21st century point of view and sure. so anything that we come up with is going to be let alone the motivations of an entirely different alien species there's that too and and i think there would be i i would say there's much more efficient ways to do this you know directly i mean that that would you know magnitudes are much smaller more efficient ways to sort of send those signals uh and the 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 part of the argument here is it could be some sort of controlled fluctuation of that. Uh, in- well, so that, uh, real quick, in defense of my stupid, stupid theory, um, it has the benefit of like like you're you are correct. Like we may figure out like oh, it's much more efficient to do infrared lasers in all directions or whatever. But like visible light has the potential to carry a signal to a pre-technological civilization. Like we knew what prime numbers were two or 3,000 years ago, uh, you know, in Greek philosophy and so on. And so it's like yeah, they, yeah, they your, could your have pointed to a star the, your, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, your laser would do, your, your laser thing could do the same thing. I mean, if you're shooting a, a green laser at earth, you would just, anybody looking up and observing that with a telescope would see that thing. It's not assuming that you need to have a complicated receiver on the other end. Um, I'm saying that trying to build a solar system wide system of, of louvers to sort of signal, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. I could conceive of like, well, there's a lot easier way to do it if you want to signal. But and I, I can't even comprehend of, you know, who knows? They could have some advanced technology where there's somebody's point of they've, they've turned their sun into a Phillips galaxy and they're just flipping a switch. <laughs> so, um, uh, all right. So what are the, the uh, I guess what again makes it? proof that it's intelligent like that that it just it seems like it's it's not naturally occurring like no nothing it's proof that it's intelligent but the 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 rate they you look you're like why are these stars fluctuating like that we don't know we we don't know and i'm gonna i'm gonna join this up with another article that came out which is from the universe today which is specifically narrowing down on a star known as tabby star which has been the one where they've talked about the thought that are they building a big Dyson sphere around this star? And the, cause it's, it also, it fluctuates in a very strange way that doesn't seem to be likely because of planets or because the variability of a star, it doesn't fit any conventional model. The best theory so far is that there might be some just crazy ass comets going around and uh, orbiting it and creating this strange pattern. But here's another group of scientists who are like, Hey, Maybe aliens, and so their goal is both of these projects. They're going to use uh, uh, there's a the uh, they're going to try to use I think the uh, telescope system for the Green Bank Telescope to try to focus in and see if they can listen to anything there because maybe if they're building this massive structure, you know, there's a bunch of construction workers there just you know reporting reporting back and forth to each other. Hi ho! I. So one thing I don't think we've ever discussed on Weird Things is, uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke said there's two possibilities. Either we're alone or or there's advanced civilizations. Either one is terrifying. Uh, yep. I, I, I don't think we've ever discussed the question of which would we vote for? 
because because I've I've definitely evolved my my position on it just over the uh, six years that we've been doing the show. Uh, I I vote for. Well, that gets into the problem, because if I say my inclinations, I want us to be the only intelligent species out here, which is sort of my. Yeah. My, my only thing is that is then it becomes the question. Well, why is that? Is it because there's some self if I, I want us to be the only self intelligent, only intelligent species out here? Not because everything else kills itself off, but just because the likelihood of this happening is extremely or maybe just within our own galaxy. You know, we're the only one in the galaxy. I would prefer that. So is, I, I, is I'm, I'm for it if we're the one knocking on other people's doors. <laughs> I, I'm less cool with it when they come knock on our door. I guess uh, that's so funny because I spent my entire my entire childhood hoping that we would find other intelligent life, but then my whole adulthood thinking I, I not not that we're the only, but just that we're the first. <laughs> like somebody's got to be first. It's like why not us? How about well, we be first and we set the rules of this game going forward? When you're a kid and, you know, and a lot of people, they 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 have this scenario in their head that they think intelligent life is going to be this 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 angelic version of us that we're going to encounter these things that are, you know, you know, or and it's the other of the coral, the opposite. It's like, oh, they're, they're what they're not out to kill us. Like, I don't think they're, I mean, there is. I don't think they're out to, out to necessarily kill us. But, geez, you know, we're not going to be on parity as far as technology. Likelihood is that, you know, uh if there, it's already there and out there, it's way more advanced than we are and utterly, utterly alien to us. And it's not like, you know, hey, I'm a millhouse too. It's, it may not <laughs> recognize us. It could, it's going to be so much more vastly different than we are that uh, I don't know if it will be good. <laughs> I'm, I'm also more worried about the germ thing. Like that's that's the, like I, I just don't like let's say we meet that other angelic space bearing race and we're all like, great, we're best friends. I feel cold, like, you know, that, that there's just going to be some kind of, you know, space germ that we can't shake and just wipes out half the planet. Yeah, I guess the best situation is, like, they're intelligent, but they're, uh, like, silicon-based life forms or whatever, and as a result, none of their space bugs uh, have any interest in our carbon-based biology. Yeah, but, I mean, in an age of computer viruses and other systems that self-replicate outside of just conventional biological means, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I don't know where I draw that line. You know, you take a thing, you know, and, and still this is organic-based, but like prions, which were a thing that like 20 years ago, we didn't even know what they were, and that's yeah. another kind of infectious that, uh, agent. That's actually, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read uh, – uh, uh, Kim Stanley Robinson's Aurora, which is a fantastic book. It's it's great. You should read it. But but uh, essentially, it's about a space arc that makes it to a distant, uh, you know, three or four light years away star. And it's like, here we are. We're the colonists. We grew up on the arc and now we're here. And then uh, they find out real fast that while there's no substantial life on the planet, it is infected with prions. These these proto living things that uh, that are super small and and find nothing more attractive than, you know, the ability to live, thrive, and survive inside a uh, human body, which is unfortunate because then you got to turn around and come back. Yeah, yeah. So prions, those are basically proteins that just, you know, can kind of continuously replicate and, you know, hijack systems and all that. And, you know, they're they're not life in the form that we would even rec- even like on a viral level. But, you know, you get things like that. So I, that's that's kind of what's terrifying to me is that if we encounter life out there that, uh, I, on one hand, if if 
our best bet would be if there was like multiple forms of civilizations out there that came in contact because the more you come in contact with people different than yourselves, the better you are in adjusting. You know, it's, you'd rather you'd rather go to a harbor town than a city in the middle of nowhere. You know, you'd rather go to the port where they they're used to new ships and new people all the time and they understand how to make those allowances to the place that's never had contact outside. So, yeah. So basically we want to avoid the mushy middle. Like we either want to be the only intelligent game in town or, you know, the last person or the latest person to join a thriving community of intelligent uh, uh, entities that have figured out how to trade and, and collaborate with each other. What we don't want is to find another one of us. Because if there's one thing of us we know, it's that we go to war and destroy the other. So let me ask this question. You know, uh, the the uh, a, a popular premise uh, made most popular probably in Star Trek was the reason we haven't heard from them is the whole prime directive idea that they're they're waiting for us to mature. They're waiting for us to mature as a species. And I, I have a lot of issues with that, morally speaking, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I okay, OK, so let's assume that any civilization that was capable of finding us like like they're, they're extrasolar, they're they're interplanetary, intergalactic, whatever. Um, my guess is that we don't have much to offer them and we're just not interesting enough yet. Right. Uh, be, be, because there comes a moment where. Or at least we're on track to reach a moment where um, we are a post scarcity society. And if you are not scarce for anything, if you can 3d print your own diamonds, like, like what is there to want outside of somebody else's intelligence and ability to solve problems and, and thoughts and so on. Well, and, well, Brian, see that would, I would, I would say that argument could work in the opposite way because I would say that you were never technologically going to have anything they're going to want if they're that far ahead of us. Cause they're going to keep outpacing us. You know, the only thing that we have is, is when you look at, what do we like when we go to, you know, lesser developed regions or places like that? We go to third world places. We love their arts and crafts, their songs, their, we love culture. their culture. So we, sure. So we have that to offer. And 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 my my issue with the whole prime directive kind of thing is I think it's immoral. I think because it's like the idea that like, hey, my neighbor's beating up on their kids. It's not my job to interfere. It's not my job to interfere. It's like, no, I don't think that's a very moral position because who's looking out for the children? And the idea whenever we have these movies where aliens come down and they judge us all and it's like, wait, you're going to judge the people. You're going to judge the people at the bottom by the actions of the people at the top, you know, and that's that's kind of how you justify. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I don't know, though, like like how concerned are you with the morality of the actions of bacteria? As they well, I, well, uh, true, but let me but again, let me my, my point is, is it's not if if we're in a position where they're waiting to evaluate us and to say, come aboard. That's my point. My point is that if we have any scenarios where they do come here and they do judge us where they do judge us, I always find those sort of stupid because it's like, OK, so like, you know, the you know, day the earth stood so, still, so I, you know, I, that's a great justification for nuking all of Iraq, which nobody here would agree with. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. sure. Well, like, hold on. It's a a jerk. let's let's like, kill every absolutely not. We look at these people as victims of these regimes and the victims of the things of policies that we put in place there that hurt them. We think that would be immoral to do that. Yet somehow when we when it's us on the other end of the microscope and we're all being judged, this sort of elitist mentality of like maybe we're not worthy. Like I can't apply that to another country. And you have me think that's moral. So, uh, Brian, you made a good point. That like you know how concerned are we about the 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 the, the morality and decisions of of bacteria, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't consider ourselves very you know into that 
but we sure do focus on bacteria a lot, right? Like we look to do different things with bacteria. We look to better ourselves with bacteria and, and, and the study of it is something that has, you know, changed civilizations and saved lives. So when we talk about whether or not another civilization would have anything uh, from us that they would want, I think it's, it's almost extend that even further to, is there even the possibility that somewhere down the line we could do something that they would want, right? Like, do we even show the glimmer of possibility that on some level we could change their civilization by by one percent, or at least how however uh, divide that by however hard it is to get here? Sure. So so that would be my modified uh, rebuttal to to Andrew's position of when it comes to the prime directive. I don't think there's any kind of moral side to it, but I could see a fact. Where it's like whether they're good or evil, it doesn't matter as long as they're stuck on their planet. It's only when they become interplanetary that any kind of life form becomes interesting or becomes worthy of merit or action or whatever. So it could be like in that regard, whether we're good or bad, we're still in our Petri dish. And it's only after we get out of our Petri dish that we're worthy of being investigated or, or, or having action taken upon us. I guess I take kind of like the like the individualist approach and in that like I can't I can't look at entire I can't look at Earth and judge good or bad because it breaks down to there are good people and there are bad people and often bad people might be the ones that attain power. And so, like, you know, I I listen. I mean, I I think that and this has been a premise that's actually been used in sci fi. If Rick and Morty season three takes longer to come out, we might be getting some alien signals. You know, there there might be these sort of things where they've evaluated. No, we like this. We like this guy. You know, we like her. We like what this person's doing here, not what you're doing. You know, that's oh, that's interesting. Okay, so that that's a whole different idea. So so let's say, for sake of discussion, that this particular sun that's flashing or whatever, all of a sudden the news comes out. It's like, uh, hey, there's signal in this. This weird society. This is how they broadcast television signals. We've got all of their stuff, and it's super simple to decode. Uh, we are now watching alien television. Does our priority as a species suddenly become to get their attention or do we just become fascinated with watching what they have to say? Like, I, I, I think there's a I, I, I think that tactically it makes sense to not necessarily, hey, we don't want to give up our position. They're broadcasting for a reason. Let's give it a few hundred years for us to figure out what they're up to. Uh, but on the on on the flip side. I could see us totally like Rick and Morty style, just becoming obsessed with watching television from another dimension. That's one of the things I've thought about. Like if we had access to like, you know, slightly different versions of earth, that would just be the kind of the, kind of the really interesting thing to watch. Cause I thought like, you're like, Oh, if you go back and like, somebody's like, if I could go back to like, you know, if time took a split in 1970, I'm going to the video store, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to Netflix. I'm seeing all these different versions of things that never existed before. <laughs> well, and, and think about the natural experiments like uh, economists would have the biggest heart on for this, right? They'd, they'd all be like, oh, my gosh, in this society, it's all around the 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 uh, cyst growths that happen in this lymph node. And they trade them and, and you have to cut one off to get a, 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 a banana. Um, the most disgusting thing ever. <laughs> I'm just saying, like anything is possible. That would be amazing. <laughs> And they'll still ignore any evidence that competes with their own idea. <laughs> Probably. So let's talk about this, the whole idea of Tabby Star. So they're thinking like, hey, 
you know, there's an explanation. Maybe they're building a Dyson Sphere. And I've, I've made my point, like, man, like, my pro- Dyson Sphere, those of you that know, is basically enclosing an entire star inside of a shield so you capture 100% of the energy being produced or most of the energy being produced by that star. Uh, I, I would make the argument that there are so many other more exotic and interesting ways in which you can get energy and do computation and stuff that don't fit into this early 21st century sort of engineering modality. But I don't so, know. Wait, so so, so know. Uh, a Dyson sphere more for capturing and storing all of that star's energy or for preserving the life of the star? No, no, no. The, no, no, st- no. the star is going to run itself out no matter what. But right now it's wasting yeah. – it's it's wasting so much of its energy energy by being part of a company yeah, of by the time of, that it gets yeah, yeah. so it, it's 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 charging up batteries yeah yeah or or being microwave beamed to other locations or you know for propulsion or for basically like right right now all it's doing is just radiating pure energy that only makes for romantic nights on other uh, planets. Mm-hmm. Or you can use it to if you wanted to increase the available surface area in which you could live on. You know, you take you take Earth and most of the most of the dirt in Earth is just wasted. It's underground. We can't build on it. We can't do anything on it. But if we could turn it into one just gigantic ring that we could spin and have gravity on and live on the inner surface of the ring, you can make your walls. I forget, like, how high it is, how many kilometers high you make your walls and retain an atmosphere. You know, you could have a really cool – you could I, have I far more think land. About- this version like i in my mind a dyson sphere was always something relatively close that was just used for channeling energy but you could you could create a sphere at around the orbit of earth uh maybe a little bit narrower so you'd have more energy to to you know have propulsion or whatever to spin it to create artificial gravity but you could create wow a massive earth to 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 uh, to you'd be living on the inside it'd be a hollow earth yeah 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 correct wow that's amazing that was actually a Star Trek, the like next generation episode. They ran into Scotty on the inside of a Dyson sphere. What? Yep. Uh, but yeah, and that's the uh, Larry Niven's ring world was based upon the idea of what if you just built a ring instead of a sphere? And, you know, there are some certain physics sort of issues there, but ultimately it was a neat idea of just just doing that. If you took and I, this is if you take if you took all of the all of the free all of the matter in our solar system that wasn't a major moon or planet and you turned it into spinning little rings or that you could put life on side of, you would have enough surface area for a million earths. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like by the numbers, I don't want to get political. Never mind. But from an environmental impact status, I understand the whole let's preserve our Petri dish but when you break away from that paradigm, when you start to think of like what is possible in flat out terms of how much energy do we have, how much mass do we have, uh, and once you in your mind assume robots do all of the heavy lifting, all the stuff we don't want to do, there's some astonishing possibilities that become uh, available. Oh, for sure. And that's and it's it's an exciting time to be alive. There was an article, which I won't link to because it didn't actually have a source on it, but it just reiterates – one of Jeff, you know, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, a guy worth around seventy billion dollars. His, you know, what he wants to accomplish before he dies is making humans, you know, live in space. Millions of people living and working in space. He wants to move heavy industry in space. He wants to do all these sorts of things. And so when you start thinking about, okay, 
once we're able to build, and we're already working on robots and devices to go to asteroids and try to figure out how to mine them. Once they're using those materials to mine and to build things out of, it, it's, uh, you know, I look at, look at Dubai, you know, look at these, look at these where we're building entire islands and artificial structures and building massive things. The future is not just a few percentage points bigger than us, even within the next 50 years, just, just to take a 50 year time frame where we came in the last 50 years, imagine where we're going to be at that point, technologically, massive construction wise, whatever. And who knows? Yeah, that's a weird thing to wrap my mind around. Uh, it's like we're already in a case where um, information is is freely exchanged, orders of magnitude before uh, or uh, above what it was when we were, you know, seven years old or whatever. I think about what it's going to be like for my, you know, eight year old daughter when she's ninety. Like everything is going to be free. It's going to be robots making everything, 3D printing everything. Anything that, uh, you know, the most valuable commodity will be somebody who can dream bigger than the other guy, I assume. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean, it's, I, I'm excited, you know, and I think it's these things happen fast. They, they, for the, I went to the other night I was at the Space Tourism Society dinner, which was interesting. And this was a society that formed like 20 years ago. Really, really neat group of people who are dedicated to the idea of space tourism. Now, I'm I'm much more into the research and R&D aspects of space exploration and space development. But it was interesting to be around a group of people that started in, you know, the mid-1990s with the idea of what if, you know, we can become a space tourism society. And, and to understand why they formed when they did in the mid-1990s, there were projects, there were single stage to orbit projects like the uh, the Delta Clipper, the, the DC, uh, the DCX project which one of the people there was one of the researchers who involved in that. And they showed some video. And I don't know if you guys remember the, do you remember the DCX thing? This is the McDonnell Douglas project. No. no. And so what it is, it was a single stage to orbit vehicle. The plan was to build this thing and they got as far as testing phases and stuff. And there's some video we're watching right now. And this is, this is 20 years ago. This is pre blue origin. This is pre SpaceX. And they were working on developing a system. This was a scaled down, like a one-third scale version. And the goal was eventually to make a full-scale version that could go all the way to orbit. There are a lot of – there was a lot of engineering problems in, in the idea that there may have been things you just could not reduce, which is reduce as far as your mass and what you would need. But this is why SpaceX is using boosters with ships on top of it or payloads on top of it. But – it's a very interesting technology. But, you know, there's a group in the, you know, formed in, in the 1990s. It's been getting together now for 20 years and talking about and trying to promote the idea of space tourism. And for them, now they feel like is a very exciting point because you have between SpaceX and Blue Origin is a very exciting thing. Uh, somebody pointed out, they said one of the legs failed to deploy and it fell over. Actually, that's not what happened. They failed to install the leg. What? So landing legs. And on the last mission, like I guess it went over, I forgot it was under NASA's project at that point. The engineer responsible for the landing leg, it was not inside of it was there was actually no landing leg in there. So when they went to go land the thing, it just toppled over and blew up. Wow. But, how how yeah, does no, that uh, uh like, so you're, no, you're correct. It did fail to deploy. It absolutely failed to deploy because it failed to be inside of the actual system. So they did several tests of the thing, and then but finally the last test was the last one because of that problem. Holy cow. It's astonishing to think that this happened uh, how, how long ago? Would have been the mid-1990s. Wow. 95. That's amazing. 
Now we've solved, you know, that was the problem too. Remember the space plane, the space plane initiative. That was another one where we wanted to build like a full on take off like a plane, land like a plane or, you know, or take off like a rocket, land like a plane. And that ran into technical problems because of one, it was going to use this sort of like engine, this, this scramjet type engine that was going to supposed to be able to go from sea level thrust to vacuum thrust and, and understand like, it's one thing when you're taking off in an atmosphere. It's another thing when you're in space. That's why if you look at the Falcon 9 or any rocket, you'll notice that the, the boosters have these shorter bell nozzles because it has a lot of atmosphere to sort of push against. And then when it gets into the vacuum, they have much longer nozzles because you want to get a fuller combustion inside of there because all of your reaction is just your fuel. So uh, the space plane had the problem. One, it was trying to develop a radically new form of engine. Second problem, the big, one of the biggest problems is the fuel tank. And the fuel tank was they were gonna, it was going to be a test bed for a graphite composite uh, uh, fuel system, uh, fuel tank, because that was going to be the way you were going to reduce weight. Cause up until then they'd been made out of aluminum, et cetera. Problem was is the 1990s, we didn't have the technology to really make stable graphite composite fuel tanks. And so in that program, they only, they ended up actually having to make, they made one, but it weighed more than the aluminum one they made. And it just ended up running out of funding and we stopped short of that. And so there's been these times where we've just been maybe right around the corner of solving the technology technology problem but then we're like yeah never mind wow dude what a boner but well now now what's why what's exciting is that we've we've made that leap we've actually you know had two separate boosters one just to space one orbital class that have actually been returned in the next couple months hopefully we'll see spacex return to flight and using one of their reusable boosters and if you know the its works out the way it does or blue origins craft does it's a very, very different game. And then maybe somebody said the S word. I just want the you know the chairs to come alive and everybody gets excited because we <laughs> finally got to uh, Elon Musk. Uh, hey, so this week uh, Elon Musk did uh, some kind of thing with the Solar City, talking about uh, uh, did you see? shingles. So they did an announcement over at at uh, Universal Studios, which was to he'd been hinting at the fact, like you know he he, he that. Solar industry, solar panels, there was a problem with solar panels, and he was going to solve the problem with solar panels. It's like, because he's like, they're ugly, they're ugly. And uh, he, they set up a, they did a demonstration, I think it was at Wisteria Lane, where Des Desperate Housewives was shot. That's funny. And they're around these houses, and he talks about their, their new innovation in solar panels. He's like, yeah, look around you, that's it. Look at them. And you look at the houses, and like, well, I, okay, where are the solar panels? They were the shingles. They've come up with a glass shingle with Solar City, the company they plan to acquire, that from the street look like regular shingles, but from above, they're regular solar panels, just the way that the uh, the, the the texture of it works. It's, it's, like it's so funny because on the one hand, it's kind of offensive. It's like, uh, you know, hey, man, if what you want is energy, why would you bother to, you know, masquerade them as, as regular shingles? But on the flip side, like, you know, we're human beings. And if what you want is a successful implementation of, of solar technology, then you've got to figure out a way to do it that doesn't offend the sensibilities, the aesthetic sensibilities well, of, yeah, of the buyer. Yeah, the Borg, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they came out with different ones. They have ones that look like Spanish tile. I mean, like I mean, like the curved tiles and stuff. They have ones that look like, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of styles. So it's cool. I think it's it's just a neat innovation. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, it's still uh, it's got to be the uh, 
Uh, hold on. Am I remembering correctly? I thought I saw tweets saying that the power ironically went out in the middle of the, this presentation. They had like afterwards. Afterwards, they had that. That's and, funny. And Musk was like, we should have brought a power wall here. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, you brought that up, by the way. Nobody yelled at me. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell I you want to just just dip back into my question for you guys back to the alien signaling stuff. Should we or should we not? Let's say we find candidate stars where we think there could be life there, intelligent life. Should we be trying to signal them or not? So here's the real weird part is, is that whatever answer we come up with, the repercussions of it will not be felt in our lifetimes. Right. So it's like, let's say we throw up a giant red flag Speak saying for yourself, Brian, we're here. We're intelligent life. We're super the best then it's going to be our great grandchildren that are going to have to deal with the invading force afterwards <laughs> not 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 us so that kind of skews it and that makes me want to be kind of reckless it makes like my gut says let well, everyone I know you we're, were here. Go the other yeah, way. I thought you were going to be responsible. I thought, I, thought, I thought you, as the only dude with kids, would be like, "That ah, makes me think twice about wanting to signal nope. them." But no, you're like, "Like <laughs> now's the time. We don't got to pay this bill. Shots, shots, shots." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. As a matter of fact, that would be a great science fiction book. Is uh, the 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 generation that had to inherit the idiocy of of their great grandparents. Well, you know, I, 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 I think, yeah, we should. We, I mean, like, listen, that's, that's kind of the, the, the story of, uh, of, of modern, uh, humanity, right. Is, is expanding and, and, uh, and, and settling and everything. So it's like, why, why wouldn't we try to signal across the stars? Well, and well, that, that gets into the question is in the comments, somebody said, well, who says they'll invade? We don't know. We don't know what they will do. And it could be a, if you're, if if we're xenophobic, you know, and, and you can look around country by country, you know, on our own planet to see examples of of, you know, you have a place like Japan, which has a negative population growth because they would rather decline in population than actually have immigration and bring people into their country. Right. So, you know, we see within humans, we see a variety of different points of view on this sort of stuff. So. I I wonder, like, I don't, you know, like, we don't know their intentions. And that's the thing is to say, if we signal it, we'll assume for the best intentions. I don't know if that's the right thing. And also, but we could say, like, ah, well, it could be a long time before we ever reach them. Like, we have the technology right now to send stuff, you know, 20% the speed of light using, like, Project Starshot. So if we found that there was 10 light years away, you know, we found that there was, you know, life there and we were scared by it or xenophobic by it or whatever – you know, we could put a very, very small payload and shoot it right at their planet with, you know, some sort of, you know, every biological agent or whatever things that we want. And we'll figure out how it can, you know, handle <laughs> deceleration. But we could do things. We could do things now. So, uh, well, I'll tell you something that you can do right now. You could go right now to Patreon.com slash weird things and support this very show. Heck yes. Yeah, keep in mind that when you subscribe to Patreon, not only will you get uh, weird things, not only will you get the smug satisfaction of knowing that you are keeping us loud, live, and independent, but most importantly, you'll get your very own private RSS feed that gets you both the Weird Things podcast every week and after things immediately, just like that. You get everything. You're better than everyone else. You're you're one of the selected great members of the community. Yeah. 
Uh, you might think that you like wouldn't be, but you are. If you only give whatever you would like to patreon.com slash weird things, making sure that we are here each and every week talking about the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about today. And for the last, I mean, geez, how long has this show been going on, Se- right? Six like, years, seven years? Seven years, six years. Seven, six years? Six, That's a lot of years. weird things, my friends. That's what I say. We've been doing it for you, hustling out here, talking about rockets and goblins and, and, and you know and we've been doing in. this show almost long enough that if a signal from this went to proxima b we'd hear back now as a matter of fact we have the angry email right here dear weird things you guys used to be great but now you've gone to crap <laughs> let me tell you about a couple of space space it would be the most legendary new phone who dis of all yeah. time <laughs> On the subject of space stuff and weird things, do you guys want a conspiracy theory? Oh, man. Love it. Love it. So uh, Max Spears is a uh, UFO researcher who's been done a lot of talk as far as, you know, talks and stuff and different kinds of like, you know, are they here? Are we keeping it a secret? You know, what's the government up to? Whatever. Sent a uh, text to his mother and said, let me pull this up here. Uh, Investigate should anything interesting happen to him or unusual happen to him. A few days later in Poland, he was found dead from apparently natural causes. Some people say there was some sort of black liquid coming out of his mouth, not unlike the X-Files. Wow. Hmm. So did she investigate? I, well, I mean, the people are, I, what, do you, what do you want the mom to do? Do you, do you want mom to like just get up and go to Poland? I want her to honor her dying son's wish. He had one uh, thing so no, important no, that he wrote no, it down no. on a piece of paper. All I have is death certificate from Polish authorities that came from natural causes, but no postmortem was done, so how can they tell that? They're also refusing to release any paperwork to me because absurdly I don't have his written permission. So, and I think some sheriff's got to go up in there and see whether or not his corpse is stuffed with cotton. We got it. We got This seems like a like a cover up. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was that was the weakest and yet also the best part of Stranger Things. The idea that he just punched his way into a government facility and then stabbed a fake kid and ripped open the cotton body. And then it was like and then woke up and like, well, I guess I'm back in my trailer. Oh, well, <laughs> thought it was part of the grander plan. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh there you go we'll, we'll more on this story as it develops um so uh listen let's so categorically he, say here we're what's that i mean like follow the money like who who would stand to gain by murdering max spears i just want to reiterate that we don't believe in aliens and we don't believe there's a government conspiracy yeah i mean we also don't not dis we don't dispute the possibility right Brian, we officially do not believe that there is. He's, he's not on target here. He's mm. not getting it. No, you can't. It's it's uh, kitchen's a little hot, Brian. We Brian. we might have before. Watch me, Brian. Watch my lips. Yeah, we don't believe in anything, and we know there's no government conspiracy. Is there something in your eye? I, I I'm, it's, I'm not. It's, fu- it's, my point the, is because I, would, I I think there's aliens all around us. I, they, I think we, that. Brian is hilarious Jake by Brian. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this now that I think about it. It's like this seems like this is weird. We should investigate. 
if uh, I were a government agency that we didn't know the name of that was listening to this podcast, hmm. the smartest thing to do is to know that we just were a sketch show, just kidding around. I know. Yeah, we're just a bunch of jokesters making a bunch of jokes. We don't believe in aliens or the very seemingly rigid and violent cover-up to keep their, uh, their their information coming to light. Sure, That's sure. not anything we're interested about. Right. So so I'm not uh, – do I blink or wink? Uh, I'm not going to use those Patreon funds to go investigate this. In, exactly, uh, Brian. Uh, where, uh, Welcome to Pirate Things if you're watching the video stream right now. Yeah. Done. Hey, by the way, you, if you if you want a really funny um, uh, twenty minutes, uh, go look up the internet conspiracy that Rihanna doesn't know how to wink. <laughs> what? There's an what? internet conspiracy that Rihanna, the singer, doesn't know how to <laughs> wink, and there's all these gifts of her like sultry, like kind of winking, but she's always blinking. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're looking right now. There's a there's a whole Twitter feed right now. Uh, <laughs> she's definitely blinking in that first one. Blinking in the second one. Blinking in the third oh one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's kind of a wink, but it's it's very like Lucille Bluth wink. I, yeah. I, heard, I heard that it's a genetic thing. Like, it's it's similar to being able to curl your tongue. Either you have the gene or you don't uh, for winking. Because uh, I've never been good at winking. I can't wink. Mm, maybe it's a Voight comp test. Yeah. Oh, oh. damn. Well, that would make sense because I'm definitely an android, just like Rihanna. All right, you ready? Let's let's all lean into the cameras here. We're gonna do a test. All right, hold on. Let me widen it so I can see everybody's eyes. All right, here we go. Ready? Hold on, hold on. One at a time. Justin ah. first. Oh, he got a, he had the lip action going. Yeah, the lip. Okay. Now, now is the lip part of the wink? I heard the. No, like, it's just the idea that if you can't wink one eye, if you if yeah. you, both eyes blink, then you're a robot. Fine. All right, yeah. Andrew. The Brian's next. Oh, here you go. Uh, there's you, like uh, you see, there's a there's a half a pump there on the what? other eye. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, Brian. It's very like yeah. it's it's less of a wink and more just closing an eye. I mean, yes, it's emotionless because I'm dead inside, but that's not the point. But both eyes are, uh, <laughs> I'm still a human. I'd say that is exactly the point. <laughs> All right. All right, Andrew. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a textbook. Man, That that's a wink you can set your watch to. Yeah. <laughs> See, this eye doesn't move. Doesn't move. Mm-hmm. Brian's definitely, there's... I feel like there's like some gears doing overtime to keep that one eye open at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I have stoner eyes permanently, right? It's like they're always they're always barely open to begin with. So it's like it doesn't take much to disturb one and Robot. And to... Robot. Accurate. Accurate. Me and Robot. Rihanna. We're gonna take over and live forever. That one I think is my favorite because she blinks both sides. She starts with a blink and then opens. She just opens an eye later than the other. I think Dude, right now there's a lot favorite. of people on the deep dive with Rihanna not being able to wink. Yeah, the hard part too is that you know you, you kind of have to video yourself. I I can't do it without without looking like I'm sneering at a, a rat. I'm like like eh, see, I'm winking. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they were doing in all those gangster movies? Were yeah. yelling rats? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Oh, and G. Boy. Robinson stars in The Pest Control Man. <laughs> the Pestilence. Oh, do you guys hear that? What? 
What? Set. Helicopter overhead. Wait, I do. Which can only mean one thing. We're in journey quest time. Oh, damn. Black helicopters overhead. You guys have just driven down an arroyo with a bus full of people who were uh, maybe apparently dying of this plague, and you decided to save them, and then you've gone. I think, are you on foot right now? Are you, like, on foot? Yeah, dude. Brian and I split up. Brian abandoned me and 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 uh, the bus, and I got up on top of the bus to signal the black helicopter. Yeah, but I'm 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 like a Jawa out in the the craggly rocks. It's like uh, uh, my eyes are glowing, and then as stuff's happening, I go. And he also gave his blood. Yeah, no, I gave everyone my blood. Look, I give everyone. Okay, so Justin, you're on top of the bus. You're flagging the helicopter down. Yeah, I'm flagging it. I'm uh. And then I, maybe I even do that move, like, was it, like, uh, like Waterworld, like, where I, like, I go down on both knees to, like, signal? Like, it's, like, a big, a big moment. Yep. Uh, out on the side, I, I snide derisively, and I shake my head at such an amateur move. I'm judging Justin's uh, signaling as it happens. Oh, I, so, I see Brian in the corner of my eyes, and I just, I just give him a, a soft little middle finger. Just yeah, to, you're such a sellout. You're a sellout. I, 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 I chuckle quietly, and then, uh, and smug in my satisfaction from, from the periphery. Like, go die in the desert. Go die in the desert. I'm, I, I'm really okay, excited. I, for you to I point. I stand up and I point out to the world that you're not supposed to be acknowledging me, Justin. You're supposed to be flagging down that helicopter. But then I duck right. down really fast because I don't want them to see me. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I signal the helicopter. So a bunch of dudes start rappelling out of the helicopter, right? They land near you. The helicopter lands on top of a mesa. You see them getting some more equipment out. Okay. Okay. Run up to you now. They run up to you, Justin. You're on top of the bus. They're like, hey, come down here, right? They've got guns, M16s. They got masks that hazmat suits on. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, so you step down from the bus. Immediately I say, they uh, zip tie you, throw you down on the ground. Okay. I, I chuckle off in the distance like, I told him. I totally told One him. One of them looks over his shoulder because he hears something coming from the rocks. Uh, I, I bite my knuckle and then do a wheezy laugh like um, uh, the, the guy from Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it turns his attention. She shakes his head. It's like, must be nothing there. Turns back to Justin. Justin, you're handcuffed. You're shackled on the ground. You're, you're, zipped, or rather, you're zip tied on the ground. Yeah. You see two of these guys, they go into the bus. Yeah. Right? Walk back out. One of the guys gets on his he's here. You can hear like something like some radio walkie talkie. You're like, yeah, we got an infection zone here. And you're like, how far gone is it? It's pretty far gone. Like, all right, we don't have the cargo for it. Take care of it. Throws a yeah. grenade inside of there, flash grenade. Boom, right? Two guys come to flamethrowers, start flamethrowing down the interior, murdering everybody inside of there. You look up, Justin, the last thing you see is the little kid boy, the little boy that was wearing like a jury shirt, make the Diamond Club signal as he presses his face against the window, and now he's incinerated in flames. Oh, dear. Wow, is what I think in my mind, that but not actually saying it out quickly. loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh... So- uh, I'm, 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 uh, I assume I'm yelling and screaming like they can be saved. They can be saved uh, while they're doing this, right? Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm freaking out. Yeah, you're. I would hope that you're freaking out, but you're, you're, you're watching them all die because you, you brought this. By the way, they could have, could have stayed away. You flagged down the helicopter that you saw yeah. incinerate those other people. 
All right, so off off on the sides, I I turn to the camera and I say, "Well, I guess it's time for me to clean up again." The camera uh, Brian thinks is always following him. Yes, by the way, correct, so you know. correct. Whether it's there or not, but uh, but the important thing is, I'm like, I start to formulate a plan to how to rescue Justin Robert Young. It's surrounded by a bunch of dudes in suits right now. Some of like the head dude, the one that called in for the incineration. The now you can like smell like they're burning flesh. By the way, Justin. Oh, good God. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 the most I'm, perverse I'm, part is that it actually kind of makes you hungry. It reminds you of how long it's been since you've eaten because it does smell like long pork. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pig, screaming yeah. and yelling. I'm, 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 I'm like, you, you murderers! You murdered them, all of them. They were, they were able to be saved, and you murdered them. Okay, so oh, a, there's a, a gag Andrew, in your mouth. I, I, I peek over, I peek over the rock, and I try to make an assessment of how many people there are. How many, how many figures are there? Six dudes surrounding Justin, fully armed with flamethrowers. Okay, great. Uh, they all only have flamethrowers, as best I could tell? No, I mean, they have rifles, too. Okay, all right. That's good to know. Um, uh, six of them— One of them's got a really sharp knife, too. Is, is, anybody, is anybody in the helicopter right now? Yeah, the helicopter's up above. You know, there's like a pilot, two pilots in the helicopter. So they, right like, now. drop down out of the helicopter. Yeah, and the helicopter landed on top of like the cliff above okay, you. Okay, uh, uh, let me let me scan around, see like, uh, uh, do they all have uh, uh, CB radios or inside their suits, inside their helmets? Oh yeah, yeah that sounds complicated. Maybe if I was able to get one of them. All right, I kind of scurry around to the side, trying to see if maybe one of them is separated from the pack. Is one separated from the pack, or are they are all? No, no, Brian, no, Brian. All right, I I, I start screaming for for for. Uh, I need to talk to somebody here. Uh, those uh, those. Kids were under my supervision, and you murdered them. I need to talk to somebody who's in charge here. Who the well, hell? What you the hell are you guys put doing? Put a gag in your mouth. Lead dudes no, 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 over. No, 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 no. I say that through a gag. <laughs> you get kicked in the stomach. Lead guy walks over to you, motions to somebody, comes over with a med kit. They take a syringe, they jab it in your arm, pull out the sample, see okay. them put it as some sort of test, right? Somebody's got a gun to your head, like just a gun, like, and it's got like a splatter guard too, which is good. Like, it's one of those things you got to think about. A gun with a splatter movies. guard. Well, like, in, if you're gonna go kill around zombies, things are infected. You want to put like something in, like in front of like near the muzzle, so that if there's any sort of spray back, huh? So you're not getting it right in your mouth when you're shooting at close range. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That makes sense, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I I take my inventory. What do I have on me again? I think you have a pocket knife. Yeah. All right, that's not. Got a Dunkin' Donuts napkin. Yeah, that was that was uh, some good Dunkin' Donuts though. Yeah, messages yeah. notwithstanding. Um, uh, okay. So, I I am I able to see Justin? Can he see me? You can see Justin. He can see you out of the corner of his eye. Okay. Yeah. So, so by I'm, the way, through my zip ties in the in the that are uh, uh, securing my hands in the back, I make sure that I tilt my body so Brian can see me flipping him off. Yes. Uh, 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 with with my hands in the zip ties. Okay, so I wave at Justin to get his attention, hopefully uh, him th being the only one. And the moment I catch his eye, I turn my wave into the middle finger. And then and then I, you know, do a mock laugh to show that it was a joke. But then I show him uh, two fingers. I, I do a, a loop around gesture. And then I do like three karate chops and a tomahawk. And then what looks like, um, a bus going into a mountain uh, gesture with my hands, 
and then I uh, make an explosion gesture, and then Next I nod. Next time on Journey Quest, Brian's uh, sand signal finally rounds into four. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and, then I, and you turn around, and somebody's got a gun to your head, Brian. Ah, doggone it! And then, uh, so so I, I hold up a hand as if gesturing him to please not interrupt my conversation, and I turn back to Justin, and, and then you get a rifle butt to the back. Uh, of the head. Okay, all right. So I didn't get to finish it. That's fine. That's fine. And you wake up zip-tied on the ground next to Justin. Well, uh, upon waking up, I lean over to Justin and say, I was trying to say I had this whole plan. Uh, I was going to loop around. and I and hate you so much. I hate I, There's no words the, I could use to describe how much you for are. For the record, I was against the flagging down of the enemy. Can we just agree they're the enemy? We, right? we, we went into a dead end. Where the, 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 it was either we go uh, uh, and, and, and kill ourselves because we are going to be walking with a bunch of diseased children through the desert, or we flagged that we took a chance on the people that had just killed our enemies. We could you have know, been Brian, kings. Uh, just you and me talk for a moment here. Sure. Um, I, I, I uh, go into I, a moment of silent prayer, and I pray to my God, Andrew. Oh, yeah, Andrew, I, give me I, guidance. Like, listen, like, I would have thought you would be the amoral one here, but I'm getting the feeling that if Justin had written Diary of Anne Frank, it would have been a much shorter book. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. Great God, Andrew, for agreeing with me. <laughs> All right, so I go back to Justin. I'm like, look, man, how are we going to get out of this thing? I mean, we got to, well... Uh, it would you help have gags you know. in your mouth, but because for some reason you have experience with gags in your mouth, you can actually understand each other. We don't want to know why. Sure. Well, I, I communicate mainly by winking and blinking in various intervals. <laughs> that 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 relies on our old wink and blink code that we came up with in 2008. Uh, I mean, I think part of it is figuring out what these people, what 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 these people want and who they're who they are. We got to find the soft spot of us being able to get out, and then. We get, hopefully we can steal some sort of weapon or provision and get the hell out of here. All right. Do we know what they want? Have Have you talked we to them? No, no one said they, they 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 just found out I was clean because they ran a sample of my okay. blood. So uh, real real quick, I I turn and I say, They look at your. Uh, they've drawn a blood sample from you. They look at it. And they're like, all right. They take the gag off your mouth. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Thank you. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Brian. Uh, this is my associate, Justin. Uh, we're not from around here. It seems as though, <laughs> hilarious misunderstanding, we seem to have been scooped up. And I guess you guys hate school as much as we did when we were kids. And you took out that school bus. And so we, we don't work for the school district. We're not part of this at all. We'd love to be on our way. Hey, uh... Dr. Edmonds, is this sort of delusional speak perhaps a symptom we're not aware of? Would you recommend that perhaps we just terminate now? Uh, Justin, I'm not getting through. Can you give me a hand? Uh, wait, do I do I have my gag out of my mouth? Um, you managed to work yours free so you can talk. Gotcha. It's his prehensile tongue. Uh, we are both inoculated from the disease. We were trying to get these two, uh, or th this bus of school people, to a place 30 miles away that we uh, have been alerted has a cure for the disease. What place is this? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to tell you where it is. Okay. Oh. If you want it, you have to let us go get it with you. I wince in anticipation happen. of the blow he's about to receive. 
No, no, they just put black hoods over your heads. Oh. Okay. Then what the hell do you guys want? Who are you? They're ignoring you. You you feel yourselves being picked up, tied to ropes, hoisted out of the canyon, thrown in the back of a helicopter. Hey, we helicopter ride. That'll be fun. Okay. And next thing you know, you're slid inside of body bags. Okay. With vents, though. So you can struggle all you want. You're still stuck inside of a bag. Okay. Helicopter Mm -hmm. takes off to the air, flies away. Well, with you in it, you hear the whoop, whoop, whoop sound. Maybe 20, 30 minutes later, (laughs) helicopter lands, can't see anything. All you feel is a sensation landing. Somebody grabs your bag, drags you out of the helicopter, throws you down onto the ground onto some sort of hard tarmac. And you hear another thud, and you guys realize that maybe you're next to each other, and you sort of inchworm next to each other, and you can talk through the bags. All right, so obviously we're we're here to either be imprisoned or to talk to somebody. Otherwise, we'd be dead. They barbecued a bunch of children, so they obviously don't have a problem with killing people. The only people that they're leaving alive are people that they either want permanently out of the way that they might be able to use later or they want information out of now. Uh, hey, Justin, have you considered yeah. another possibility? What's that? Maybe they recognized us. And they realize we're the last podcast on Earth. And maybe they're fans. I mean, number one, in this journey, we've run into a surprising amount of fans. <laughs> like, like uh, uh, it, is, it is sort of shocking how many people have our merch. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Are you feeling it? Uh, it could very well be. Uh, no, Brian, I'm not getting excited for a potential uh, uh, celebrity moment. Okay, look. Uh, you hear a voice say, oh, my God. Right, Justin? <laughs> Shit. I, I pump my fist inside my body bag so it makes it look like I'm jerking off to the outside world, but really I'm just celebrating how right I was. Uh, I, I just, I, I have a, I give Brian a withering plus one. We're <laughs> <laughs> so both inside of bags, can't see each other, but there you are. You hear, hey, did they get you guys too? Uh, it depends. Oh, God damn it. This isn't somebody who has any authority. We're just we're in a pen with other weirdos. <laughs> well, you know what's going on here, guys? Wait, who is this? Uh, my name. My name's Joe. <laughs> Joe. How do we know? Yeah, you, I'm Joe? a Patreon supporter. <sighs> I've met three other Patreon supporters here, by the way, who survived the plague. Man. Is there a reason why? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute, <gasps> Justin. Could, could it be that our podcast somehow has protected, shielded people from the apocalypse? I mean, Brian, what what part of our podcast would have inoculated people from a disease like that? Well, if, if it was a disease that uh, attacked people who had certain thought patterns, most <laughs> certainly we've affected other people's thought That's patterns. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard, but I'm still a big fan. <laughs> I mean, Brian, I was more thinking along the lines of the time in which we actually created something that a lot of our fans physically ingested. Oh, my God. Wait, is it only people who drank Ruinum that are immune? I mean, if if we're going to think of a physical and like some physical thing like that would be it. Right. I mean, not like we sold cookies. 
We 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 created a, a, a wine brandy cocktail that many of our fans bought and drank. All right, I, I've got nothing better to work on. So provisionally, let's just accept heavy footsteps, that. Footsteps, thump, 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 thump. All right, thump. I, I was like, pretend to be dead, Quiet Justin. Over there. And what? then the voice goes, "Hey guys, so do you know how we?" Boom! You hear a exploding gunshot. Uh, I'm very quiet and very still. Shh, like a church mouse. <laughs> I whisper at Justin, "Why did you say that out loud? He's right there. <laughs> he can hear us." Also, church mouses are they particularly quiet? Is that a thing? Yes. Did they kill Brian? Justin, do you need somebody else for the podcast? No, Brian's not dead. Everyone needs to shut up. They're shooting people who talk. Shh. Right, guys, seriously, everybody, oh. shush. Be cool. Somebody else uh, just got wasted. Okay. And for real, this is not meant to stir conversation. Shut up, everybody. I'm, yeah, and no, I'm not listen, talking. Listen, like what he said, guys. I'm serious. I'm throwing my support right behind Justin. Listen, uh, if we pretend... If we pretend to be dead, maybe they'll forget which ones they killed and which ones they didn't, and then they'll think that we're dead. Voice says, we've only got room for five on the car. What do we do with the rest? Keep shooting them. Okay, so I sit up straight in my body bag, and I jump up, and I begin to bounce feet to feet. (laughs) You get shot in the chest, Brian. Damn. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I guess I can't talk. I got shot in the chest. You can probably scream. Ah! <laughs> yeah, uh, is, uh, we were supposed to save that one, but he wouldn't shut up. Uh, uh, bring uh, him to the bed clinic. It hurts very badly. Very bad. If he keeps talking, put one in the head. I've never been shot before. I didn't realize. Shoot I- him in the head now. <laughs> One time we did a modern rogue episode with Brian, pepper shut spray. Up. Shut up! Bam. This is Brian so much worse. Brian's dead. <laughs> God damn it! Did Brian just die on Journey Quest? Brian just died on Journey Quest. He did it for the bit. He died for the bit. <laughs> My ghost looks down upon you guys and shakes his head, wondering why he ever cared for such trivial mortal things. And then I fly and I start doing loop-de-loops because I can, because I'm a ghost now. I keep doing loop-de-loops. I'm sad <laughs> about Brian dying. Like, where do we go from here? Well, Justin, you don't know that Brian's dead. Yeah, he was yelling, and then they <laughs> shot him twice. And he's How are you going to check on that? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're blinded. You're inside the box uh, or inside the the bag. Let's just no, assume. Then, then, then I'm I'm immediately I'm immediately complimenting Brian for finally being quiet. Like, thank you for finally taking my advice. Like, isn't my, this a lot better? We're gonna save ourselves. My ghost uh, gets inside the bag with Justin and starts shouting as loud Ugh. as he can at him to see if Ugh. he can hear me at all. I can't. And I tell you I can't. I can't wait, hear you. Wait, and then I point out that, oh, oh, but if you can't, you wouldn't even know. Why are you talking? And hey, then wait, I say, stop hitting yourself. Here. I thought you gave a headshot. Yeah, me sort of glazed off the side. And All right, send him to the clinic. All right, I good. begin. That's my ghost begins to cling question. to the dim hope that maybe they didn't actually kill me. Yeah, we'll find out next time on Journey Quest. <laughs> I like where this is going. 
<laughs> You're already dead, Brian. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, but you left the state of Texas, Brian, and you're dead. I mean, actually, well, we got into that uh, We got into that uh, helicopter. I'm hoping that they, you know, just decided it was easier to fly us out to L.A. Like, that's where the— Maybe they flew you backwards, Brian. Maybe you're east of Austin. Mm, could be. Could be. Hey, man. Uh, you guys got picks? I got picks. I got picks. picks. What you got? Um, I watched a couple more episodes of Luke Cage, and I really, really like it. I feel like of all the Marvel shows, it might be the one that I'm enjoying the most through four episodes. Um, I think it's, you know, I've I've heard some criticism of it, of, of it being a little like kind of light on plot, right? Which I can understand, but also, like, I feel like for the kind of, like, film that it's ev- evoking, the style that it's evoking, it's kind of exactly what it needs to be. And and I, I feel like it's easily the most confident of the Marvel series where, you know, I love Daredevil, but Daredevil kind of is always at its most interesting when it's about the other things in Daredevil's world, right? Be it. Kingpin, Electra, Punisher, like those roles have been so, so, so well done that, you know, uh, uh, that's what's interesting to me about that show. Uh, Jessica Jones, I really, I really liked, but ultimately Jessica Jones is at its most interesting when it's, you know, telling this like very kind of uh, uh, interesting personal using comics to talk about real life things of, you know, uh, control and mental abuse and stuff like that. Uh, where this show is just like, man, here's a black exploitation movie. Like, and it's about being tough and sticking up for what's right. And, you know, people on the take and, and sex and ladies and punching people in the face. Like I'm just down with every element of it. I love it. <laughs> uh, the, the music is amazing the entire time through. Like, uh, like the way they find organic ways to shoehorn stuff into, uh, uh, you know, music performances, uh, in Cottonmouth's clubs and, and all that stuff. It's, it's it, but even then, I mean, that's, that's, you know, if, if you look at, at, at those, the, the films of the era that, that they're kind of evoking, like that was always, it was always as much about the soundtrack as it was the movie, you yep. know? Totally. Uh, so yeah, I love it. Uh, right. I, I'm I'm of of several minds. I guess I'm going to default to a, a, a plug for my own stuff. Um, uh, although I, I I did finish watching Black Mirror, which was my pick last week. It was great. Uh, but uh, at any rate, um, hey man, we got cards. Uh, new deck of cards available at scamstuff.com. That's my pick. It's my own uh, deck of cards. Uh, they're called Outlaws, and I absolutely adore them. They're um, uh, themed on kind of a uh, an odd mashup of Wild West imagery and uh, uh, kind of rogues and outlaws from all different walks of life. You've got uh, nods to the archetypes of the shaman, the knight, the daredevil, the gambler, the duelist, the assassin. Um, it, it, uh, it you know with with industrial themes, uh, they're they're amazing. I, I think. Uh, you know, I don't want to pick favorites, but uh, but I like these. I think these are a better deck of cards than we did last year with the Arcana decks. I, I think that they are more timeless and wonderful, and they're available right now at scamstuff.com. I think you guys will like them quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah, dude, that's great. 
I have a pick, two picks. Yeah. One pick is uh, I Halloween's up. Goosebumps the movie. I saw Goosebumps the movie in a theater and really, 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 really loved it. And I think it's a fun, fun movie. So if you're looking for some Halloween fun movie, can I recommend Goosebumps? And it's on Netflix right now. So I thought it was very well written. Very. You, either of you guys see it? No, I did. No, I, I, I recommend it. I really do recommend. It. I think it's actually kind of written a little bit smarter than you would kind of think sort of a kids movie like that would be. And I thought that it was just just all over fun. Uh, my other pick is I'm going to I am almost all the way through and having rewatched the first four episodes of Westworld. And it's one of those things where it's one thing when you try to evaluate something on an episode by episode basis. And as we've learned in the world of Netflix, when you're able to binge watch or look at things in mass, it's a different experience. And it's one of the reasons why I think sometimes critical reactions are different than public reactions, because critics often get the first few episodes to screen and they watch it like that versus we often just get doled stuff out one by one. I. I and I found it to be very rewatchable, very, very rewatchable. Like I love Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones isn't as rewatchable to me as it should be. Versus I'm I'm you know going to rewatch the end of last week's episode before watching tonight's episode. I think that I think that Jonathan Nolan and uh, I think it's Lisa Joy's wife. I think they've written something that it's hard to get through what may be the network saying we need this, we need this versus the narrative they're trying to tell. But I think there really is a very deep and interesting narrative there. And I think some of the fan theories out there are absolutely just stupid. Um, but some are good, so some interesting. So anyhow. I'm also recommending Westworld again. Yeah, dude, it's it's great. Like it's uh, outside of weird things. It's my second favorite thing about Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Gentlemen, it's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.